I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back for another installment of How People Learn with Owl Pellets. When we think about kind of the things we've talked about so far in relation to how people learn, we've talked a lot about, well, how people learn. <laughs> we wow, about, that was I know, deep. I know, they, they titled it well. Yeah, they it was, did. It was really nice of them to that's, that's just good. make it so self-explanatory. Um, we've talked a lot, though, about how important and difficult these things are. And we're going to have another important and difficult conversation today as we talk about motivation. And when we talk about motivation and we're talking about learners ideas about their own competence and their values and the pre-existing interest they bring to a particular you say competence or incompetence? incompetence. I think you're talking about us incompetence. <laughs> I will say though with this, I think I will encourage everybody listening. You know, you think, Oh, I know about motivation. If I was in a pre-service program or I went to a workshop, we probably all got our little frequent flyer card punched on the number of times we've, we've gone to a motivation <laughs> training and probably most of the poorly done workshops done by your county district. There's probably been about that. I agree coming with, a, with this new idea because I think what I like about what they did with this report and this go in is kind of talk about motivation in a, in a slightly different way to help me think about when I'm working with my students, what's going on rather than the old fashioned, here's a theory, try it, mm -hmm. go from there. So I think, I think, Give us a shot. Don't turn us off just yet. <laughs> when you saw the word motivation in it, you're like, ah, here we go again. It's a, it's a slightly different take, I think. Yeah. So we're not going to spend our time today talking as much about the self-efficacy and the value and interest and intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and the effects of choice. We're going to jump in first off thinking about what do we praise and what do, what do we express value for in our classrooms? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about goals. The report spends a good chunk of time talking about the importance of goals. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of our assumptions in terms of what we assume about motivation and what motivation looks like. So with that, we're going to return to a conversation we had the other day when we were talking about what we praise. And I think some of that just goes back to how do we talk to our students? What, do, what does what we say tell them about what we value? And does it mirror what they value? Does it mirror what's important to them and what's going to really get them excited about what we're trying to do? Yeah, yeah and I think that's really the, the key thing. And, you know, pointed out several times, and I need that reminder a lot is our students are, again, they're, they're, they're listening and they're watching us. And if you're the type of person that may not do a good job of being intentional about what you praise and say, hey, that was a good job what you did there. And, and I get it. You know, I know when I grade papers, I'll go through there and I'll only mark up things that are wrong. I won't say, man, this is a really great section mm -hmm. to do that. I won't be genuine in it. And, and we have to give them that positive reinforcement as well as, oh, man, you screwed up. Or here's, here's, how, here's how you can do this better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, that's something that we have to really think about is letting students know when they've done something we really appreciate when they've, been, when they've worked really hard at something. Yeah. And I, th I, I really like that concept because I think as we look, took a look at the text, the text really talked about encouraging effective teachers to focus on learning instead of the performance. And so, so many times we get caught up on the performance piece. And so if we can help them 
establish kind of a orientation towards learning and that it's a and kind of that growth mindset i think there that certainly will go a long way in motivating intrinsically those those students i think that goes that goes with being really specific in our praise and mm -hmm. some of this is just where i'm at i've got little kids so in the parenting books <clears throat> thinking about you know if you just say good job well, what was good mm -hmm. i don't necessarily believe you that i did a good <clears throat> did a good job because i don't know what about that was was great but if i'm really specific especially when we talk about that learning process like what am i doing in that process well because when we've talked about learning and how wrongness is important and about how failure is important the feedback that we get on the steps that we're taking in the right direction that help us from getting really discouraged yeah. about how wrong we have to be to learn. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important though to talk about, we're spending a lot of time talking about what we praise, but we, we skip the other part, but they do talk about it. You still need to point out when things they're done wrong. Yes. So we're, we're not, we're not <laughs> buying into this. I've seen some schools go into this one theory where they can never correct somebody. It's always mm -hmm. like, well, anyway, we're not talking about that at all. <laughs> well, into that point, I think, some of the elements that we're thinking about is where's that sweet spot and where we challenge our students mm -hmm. and you know if it's too hard they're not going to persist if it's too easy they're gonna they're gonna give up so thinking about that that sweet spot for both the challenging and also making sure that students are willing and able to persist and work through those challenges when learning gets hard and the the, the assignments the activities or whatever it is may not be clear cut or have that uh, right or wrong answer and help them kind of work through that. Well, the other, the other thing with this this uh, report is talking about the long game. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, that's, that's good radio right there. Um, <laughs> but it's the long game with it's not just trying to get them to be to be motivated to do today's lesson. It's about instilling them how to how to be motivated for tomorrow for the next week for the longer term for those big projects that they've got coming up there that's really what i'm seeing what i saw i've got from this was by being intentional about what we praise we are filling the tank to be cashed in at a later date to help where they would think really get tough where more of just focusing on only the negative is to correct something right now mm -hmm. and and i think that's something to be thinking about too we need to to be doing both of those so that they are it goes back to that big fancy word we use metacognition to help them understand how am I doing? We have to, we have to engage them in motivation to help them understand what, what are those positive behaviors to help them get through those tougher times. Absolutely. I think that, that ties into goals a bit when we think about that longer game and what are our students thinking about as far as, as, what, as, far as what's next and where am I headed? And one of the things I think the, the report spends a good chunk of time on the importance of goals. And I don't want to discount that, but one of the things that we had, we had Chad Dull from Minnesota State Southeast come in for our Ag Educators workshop a couple of years ago. And he came in and he was talking about poverty informed practice. But I think this applies a little bit more broadly as well. When we think about goals, they're a very white middle class idea. Like they are, they are designed for people who have enough to eat, mm -hmm. who don't have, who, who are safe. Um, and so when I think when we think about our students and the demographics in our classroom, recognizing that one, that's that's not the case for all of our students. And if we're worried about where's my next meal coming from, am I safe at home? Do I have to be more concerned about you know brother and sister at home than about my schooling? We 
we've got to be conscientious in how we ask our students to set goals and making sure that we're not, you know, when we've got all those things at home, those, those things take precedence over <laughs> it's, it's those next day things over where am I going to be in five years and 10 years? Cause I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Right. Well, again, we go back, we talked about uh, the hierarchy of needs, you know, just that they got, you have to be safe and secure before you can get anywhere else up that ladder and helping understand that. And also know that um, values are different. You know, we can talk about being career focused or family focused or whatever else, but that's really not good labels because the way that you want to say you're supporting your family may look very different than the way that I think I'm supporting my family or connecting with my family or doing the right thing for my family. And I, I think it's just what I got from this report was we need a, as a reminder to consider the entirety of what's going on rather than I'm going to have career goals, I'm going to have personal goals, I'm going to have these goals. It really, you got to kind of take them all, all together. There we go, coming back and thinking about the whole person again. I know, dang it. <laughs> but, you know, with, with the same thing with the goals and with the praise, we've we mentioned it before, but I think it's important for us to focus on, it was a good reminder in this report to focus on um, effort as well yeah. as, as not just the outcome. Now, this is not meaning that the outcome is not ever important. We're still going to make sure we're getting to the, to the, to the right outcome. But we have to acknowledge that you're getting that product not because you worked hard, not because you're smart, mm -hmm. not just because you're smart. Um, and so I guess that's a better way to do it. It's not that the outcome is not important. It's how you got there. And, and again, the importance of that long term to have them focus on, OK, it's the effort working toward that through all the challenges that you're facing um, helps them be successful later on rather than, oh, boy, you're so smart. You solved that problem. Well, that means when they run into a problem later on that they don't know real quick, well, I'm not smart enough, I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so the, 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 the text that we were, that we've been kind of reading and looking through really talked about and, and helped us kind of frame that by talking about mastery of goals versus performance of goals mm -hmm. and kind of the, and, and kind of the nuance between what those are. So, you know, defining success, mastery of goals would be improvement and progress where performance of goals is high grades, high normative performance. And so, you know, it, it, it goes back and helping students start to think, helping even ourselves start to think about what is that target? What are we trying to achieve? And I think a lot of times without being reflective or without thinking about uh, the process, we put our eye on the wrong target. Is it the GPA? Is it the, the final grade? And how much does that grade really even reflect the learning that's going on in the class or students' abilities to follow directions or getting points for putting their names at the top right. of the paper <laughs> and, and some of those things. And so thinking about what, what we're really going after uh, through this learning process is a huge, huge thing to give some thought to. Well, is that one thing that comes to my mind as we're talking about this is you know, one of our teaching techniques um, or philosophies is the problem solving approach. And a lot of us don't use it anymore because I mean, it's because there's different ways of doing it. But one thing I always remembered because I was back in my program, back in the dark days where we learned about dinosaurs in our animal science class. Um, Did they have dragons too? The dragons had just gone away. Okay. They just, yeah. Uh, we, we could not go past the sign that says there'll be dragons. You know, <laughs> um, was Chief Ferguson would start the you know start the the unit by going to the chalkboard and saying, 
we've got this, you know, we've got a, a cow-calf pair. What do we need to do to get this calf to market and get this cow rebred? What do we need to know to do that? And we just start listing coming from us. Well, we need to know this. We need to know that. We need to know that. And then we as a class would go through, okay, we should probably talk about that first, talk about this next, answer this question. And so these became our questions. Now, he taught that lesson for 36 years. He knew where we were going, but he let us build it. And so we, we became invested because it wasn't him telling us, okay, now we're going to talk about animal nutrition. Or now we're going to talk about, you know, reproduction. It's like we had this question and that added to the motivation of us and helped us set that goal. And so I think that's something for us to remember it's hard to let go of some control, but we also know as a teacher, you, you know, you can kind of guide things around to, to, to get to where you need it and really increase that motivation and, and wanting them to, to be able to learn. So I think that helps even just understanding your students' values and what's, what's important to them. Because even if we're going to talk about the same content, what I value or what I'm interested in, in that, like, it's just a, maybe a little bit different a little bit different approach, but I can't take that approach if I don't know. Yeah. And that's just, I think, really critical. I think then the other piece of that conversation is not just, you know, what do we do in the classroom to really support motivation and how do we think about where our students are coming from? But I think some of it is also a check for ourselves. Mm -hmm in terms of what does motivation actually look like? Number of times I have a pre-service teacher come back and say, my students just aren't motivated. Yeah. They just like, nope, they just gave up. They don't care. Like, that's a hard assumption to make about somebody. That's a big thing to accuse somebody yeah. of. And I think some of that just goes back to like, what is it gonna look like for a student to be motivated? And when we go back to, you know, these, these ideas of if I'm, if I don't know if I'm going to have dinner on the table tonight, or especially if I do know I'm not going to have dinner on the table tonight, like the things that are going to motivate me, the things that I'm concerned about look different. When we think about what, what do I value as a teacher? Well, a white middle-class woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but, but what I chase in terms of how I fill up my time and like that, that, and, and the time I spend with my kids looks different than what other cultures value about family time and how those things come together. So, so how do we really unpack what we assume about motivation and what it looks like for our students and their families right. to be engaged in schools? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> yeah. No, answer but, the question. But, yeah, but that, that, that causes me to think about some of the other conversations we've had this season. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about culture and we looked at it from a lot of different perspectives, but, you know, that motivation also goes to the, the culture and the environment that the students are in, in within the, the school. Mm -hmm. I mean, what class have they just come from and what, how are they engaged or not engaged there and, and how that transitions to the next class or even creating habits in your classroom. And so when you start thinking about students coming in and knowing that immediately coming in, get your notebooks out, get paper act in, there's a bell ringer on the on the board or whatever mm -hmm. that they're going to be engaged immediately. So having those habits in place that help students prepare for the, the engagement and um, help them with the motivation that, uh, that they're going to need to be successful in the class. I think that's important too. You talk about, you mentioned bell ringers and things that are going on. I, I really encourage our teachers that do that to make sure you're investing in intentional about 
quality interest approaches or setting mental set or whatever term you're going to use because having a a uh, time what is perceived as a time wasting bell ringer with your students is actually a demotivator sure. they're like oh all i gotta do is i gotta check this off i gotta do this mm -hmm. because i know mr talent's gonna check to make sure there's something there he's not really gonna care but yada 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 and move on i think it has to be be highly motivating to do that so that they um get stay engaged i think the other thing about motivation with this is that's going to be important for us to think about is what's the implication for this with ffa you know, a lot of times you say FFA is going to be a motivating thing and the competition is going to be a motivating kind of thing, which it is for some, and that's great. I think maybe the thing for us to remember as ag teachers is the thing that motivates us as the teacher may not be the thing that motivates the student or the member. And how do you tie into that? Uh, and you got to be both. But you got to be motivated to do it, but you also got to find the thing that's going to motivate them um, uh, as, well, as well. I think recognizing too, even that goes back to those values and that that interest and not just the competition, but the the time away from home and the time away from home with another adult and some like some of those things that just depending on where you're teaching are really not not part of the culture of the community or, <laughs> and, and the communities that our students come from more broadly. So it's not even just the not even just the competition and what's happening, but like even the mode of delivery can be can be a tough thing to to find student to find student engagement with. I think that's that's a good conversation to think. And for me, I think it's also helping students kind of frame that experience, particularly if we're thinking about on the FFA side. Um, you know, I, I've seen situations where ag teachers have said, you four or this class is going to go to this FFA contest and you're going to compete in without little to no preparation and the students go, they do poorly, they feel overwhelmed and then they come back and say, I'm done, I'm not yeah. doing anything yeah. else. And, and without much context, um, I, I can appreciate where students would, how they feel about that. but. If you would frame it and say, hey, we haven't done this contest before, or this is a great experience to kind of connect. Um, you know, I don't have high expectations for us placing well or what have you, but take it as a learning experience, take it as an opportunity to figure out what we don't know, and we'll bring it back to class and we'll, we'll continue to learn. Then you're setting the expectations a little bit different than we have to be high achievers and we have to be competitive right. and being one of the top teams uh, when we're done, but mm -hmm. I don't know that we do a good job of framing that sometimes and students get demotivated and, and frustrated and kind of give up in a lot of senses in those situations. I'm thinking of a student I had when I was teaching high school that he wanted to go to a bunch of different CDs. Um, and, and I'm trying to finally figure it out and he would prepare, you know, so he was not just walking in there. But he wanted to go. He the thing. He just wanted to go see other FFA members or from the from the district because he had made friends and that was those were his people. He wanted to hang out with them, and so his motivation was not to win the contest and be the top individual, but to go and to make to keep those relationships. Mm -hmm. Those connections. Now he would again. He would work and he would study and he would prepare. But I'm like, is that okay? And I think it is because he was meeting his motive. He was motivated to do some different experiences. But it was it's. The motivation to win or just to beat somebody else is not going to be the motivation for every one of your students. I think that's a good a good thing to think about. And you know, 
if you have that good relationship with your students, have that conversation. Why are you in this? What, what, what's going to drive you? So what are some of those pre-existing interests that, uh, that they come with? And how can we use that even to gauge and further motivate students and take them to the next level? I think the final thing, just as we wrap up, when we think about our students, when we think about what motivates them and their values and interests, I'm guessing many of you have some way that you find these things out about your students. And I would encourage one, if you don't have having some having some model mm -hmm. yeah. by, which, by which you find these things out. But as you find those things out about your students, be really conscientious about using those things about your yeah. students that you know. If you're going to ask your student, I had somebody made the comment to me that they make a point to learn all of their students' middle names, wow. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that they like they knew their students well enough that if their student was being a turkey, they could be like da -da 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 -da, and use their whole name like they would like it would happen at home. But I think when we don't use what we know about our students, when that doesn't come back, we, we can't just use those things that we find out about our students' values and interests as, as a check the box. Right. Especially when it comes to motivation. And when we're talking about our values and interests, I think one of the common things that we will see is that we're interested in people investing in us. Our students are interested in people investing in us. And we show that by coming back to those things we know about them by saying, hey, I saw you're really interested in this. Do you want to come try X, Y, Z? Hey, I know your family does X, Y, Z at night. So maybe this event isn't mm -hmm. so great, but here are some other things that, that you could do and be involved with. I'm not going to pressure you into doing this thing that happens at this time because I know this about you. And so making sure we're bringing in all those great relationships that we have and using those things with our students, I think are also really integral as we think about how do we motivate them? How do we view motivation? How do we really acknowledge that they're doing the best they can? Right. <laughs> and so with that, I think we are wrapping up our conversation on motivation today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.